You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth. And we're off. Episode 71 of the podcast. Welcome. Cody Abrams and Melbourne joining you. And we are through the month of January into February 2021 now. NHL season is in full effect. Guys, how we doing tonight? Doing great, Harp. was finally able to get out on a lake and play a little hockey yesterday. And uh, I will say that I am not sore today because I'm not old like you guys. And uh yeah, it was uh, a lot of skating because of a lot of missing the net and skating down the lake. But yeah, it was fun. Yeah, How that looked doing, awesome. Chad? That looked awesome, man. I saw the uh, the setup that you had out there. That that looked pretty good with, uh, you know, out in the evening time, getting some reps in. That's awesome. Yeah. I am uh, very thankful. And I, I wanted to start the podcast off by saying that I'm very thankful for all of our listeners, actually, who went out of their way to use our discount code BITB20 at manscaped.com because and because of you and the, the success of our code, um, we were able to secure three more months of this paid sponsorship from Manscaped. So we are over the moon about that and just super thankful. And uh, yeah, we can't thank our listeners enough. Thanks so much for, for doing that and uh, supporting the podcast. And uh, there's some new products to come your way and we wouldn't be, you know, supporting this company or, or promoting them if we didn't believe in their products. So uh, stay tuned for, for more of that. So thank you again so much. Harper, how are you, dude? Yeah, no, just echoing what you said. Thank you again, and that's awesome, and they're great products. I mean, we, we've used them ourselves, so you're getting good, high-quality products, so thank you again for that. But I'm good, man. It was great to get out, do some skating, play some pond hockey again this weekend. Uh, uh, the sun was shining. The weather was great, so it was it was great. I'm doing good, boys. It's great to be chatting with you again. And now we interrupt episode 71 of the podcast to bring you a word from our sponsor, Manscaped. Valentine's Day is upon us, fellas, so make sure you're ready for wherever the night may take you. Our friends at Manscaped, who are the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, by the way, are here to tell you that you need to use the best tools for the job so that you can be ready for anything on that special day. Two million men are already trusting Manscaped products to groom. Make sure you're one of them. And in case the listeners didn't know this already, the balls are not a flat surface and not the easiest thing to shave. I learned that the hard way when I turned my shower into a scene from Friday the 13th. Tell her to get the gift that's for you and for her. The best way to get started with Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0, full of the best products to keep you looking, smelling, and feeling nice. The Perfect Package 3.0 is led by the revolutionary third-generation lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which has advanced skin-safe technology and features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. 
And also, Casey, it's waterproof too, which prevents a mess on the bathroom floor or in the sink, especially when it's time for Cupid to shoot his arrow, if you know what I mean. And let's be real, boys, we've smelled the worst down there before, and that's why I'm thankful for their Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. These products keep the boys from sweating, smelling, and sticking. And fellas, these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood, if you know what I mean. The Perfect Package 3.0 will also come with a pair of manscaped boxers that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxers. Easily the comfiest boxers I've ever had. And complete your grooming game with the new refined cologne signature scent by manscaped with the same signature scent that's in all manscaped formulas the cologne is a perfect complement to the collection this is the perfect package for your package get 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code bitb20 at manscaped.com so that's 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code bitb20 at manscaped.com again that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com just type in the code bitb20 at checkout so happy valentine's day from us and from manscaped manscaped your balls will thank you You're now listening to Cap or No Cap, right here on the Boys in the Booth podcast. All right, so we will uh, we'll get right into it. Of course, we'll start with our cap or no cap segment. This is uh, installment number two of it, and uh, and here we go. Okay, so number one, after resigning. As general manager of the Penguins earlier this week, that was uh, big news. Did not expect it. Uh, Jimmy Rutherford is finished in the National Hockey League. Cap or no cap? Case. Uh, no cap. I think it's time for this guy to move on. He made a lot of questionable calls in his last two years as GM, and uh, we heard the rumors that he was trying to trade uh, Chris Letang, and that's just not going to fly in Pittsburgh. So he's out, and uh, I have a hard time seeing him landing another job like this, maybe in a hockey operations role or something like that, but I, I can't see it in any sort of management. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to agree with you there, Case. I'm going to go no cap. Uh, I, I think GMJR is gone. Uh, I think uh, just echoing what Case said, too many poor decisions. And, you know, think about whether if he was given the reins for a little bit longer, Chris Letang might no longer be a Pittsburgh Penguin. So like that would be terrible and plus there are some big negotiations coming up and some big decisions that the GM of the Pittsburgh Penguins is going to have to make in the years to come and uh yeah so I, I think it's a good thing that uh you know he sort of stepped down or or was mm-hmm. fired or however that situation went so yeah I'm gonna say uh no well, cap I don't see him working in the NHL in a management position anytime soon it's a good point to make Chad that he actually did step down uh, you have to think that that's a big respect thing he's a very respected yeah. man in the league so you, you you have to feel that they were like, yeah, it, it's time. And he agreed. And uh, yeah, and another point you made, you know, it's the turning point for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So 
it's probably for the best that they start this next phase with a, a new GM. Yeah, I think I think so too. I, I totally agree with that. And just final point on on Jim Rutherford here. As much as you know, I, I and I did say no cap to the question. I don't think uh, we see him in a, in a management role anytime soon. The NHL, I will say to counter that, is such an old boys club, and so I could definitely you know see him taking on some sort of role, just maybe not in, in the general manager position. So I'll assistant say assistant GM. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, pull a Dwight Schrute. Um, no, we're we're definitely not getting the full story with this philosophical differences, and you know we've heard it before. As long as they have the big three, Crosby, Malkin, and Latang, they are in it to win it. So, um, and the other reality is he's seventy-one years old. So, uh, you know, no cap. I think is is the right answer for that one, boys. Okay, moving on to number two. There is no longer room for Travis Dermott on the Maple Leafs blue line. Cap or no cap, Chad? Hmm. That's a tricky one. I'm going to say cap. I think there's got to be room for Travis Dermott. I think, you know, especially with the Seattle expansion coming up, there are going to be some tough decisions that general manager uh, Kyle Dubas is going to have to make. And I think, you know, a guy like Justin Hole has played his way up the lineup. A guy like Travis Dermott, though, you're waiting for him to play his way up that lineup. I think there's still potential there. And uh, I, I think, you know, what they're doing right now, moving, you know, him and Miko Lettinen up and down, in and out of the lineup on that third pairing on the left side, um, I think it's good. They're kind of just waiting for one of those guys to, uh, you know, play his way into the lineup uh, for good and to stay there. So, yeah, I'm going to say Travis Dermott still has some time left in Toronto. I think he has a good opportunity right now to play his way up the lineup. And uh, although you never hope for injuries, maybe an injury would be a good thing on this Leafs blue blue line just to see, you know, who the better defenseman is there on that third pair or above. So, yeah, I'm going to say that's cap. Travis Dermott, he's staying, uh, you know, he remains as a Leaf for now. And uh, I could see maybe Seattle taking him if he's left available at the expansion draft or maybe something like that. But yeah, for now, I think he still has an opportunity to be a Maple Leaf and a damn good one too. Case? I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say no cap and not because it's the best move for the Toronto Maple Leafs to make, but it's the best move for Travis Dermott's career. And I think that he's one of those candidates that needs to be uh, sent to a a change of scenery so that he can really be the player we know he can be. He's kind of stuck in a rut in Toronto, although they seem to have found a nice little role for him coming in and out and uh, getting the the easier minutes. But I think the best thing for Travis Dermott is that he's sent to a team where he can be a a little bigger role and, and, and find himself more. Also, so much depth on that back end in Toronto now. I, I think the... There's nothing to lose there in Toronto, so why not maybe get something back in return? Yeah, well, Case, yeah, just, going, I- just going off what you said, and Harp, we talked about this the other day. Like, imagine Dermott going to a team like Chicago, who needs defense, and he, he would play top four minutes, probably power play, maybe penalty kill as well. Like, I think that would be a really good fit for him, a team like that. A struggling, maybe a rebuilding team who can afford to give him the minutes. Like, I think that would do wonders for his, uh, for his development. But yeah, I, I'm just going to... You know, echo what I said before. I think he's still got a shot to to really prove his worth to this team. Well, and uh, Elliot Friedman said last week that uh, Florida had interest apparently in the offseason. I'm sure they weren't the only team, but a deal just didn't happen. And on the flip side of that, you know, you'd like to see him get moved, have a bigger opportunity elsewhere. But the Leafs could be patient 
hang on to him, and he could be another Justin Hall who has turned into a, a really nice defenseman on that back end. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Travis Dermott in Toronto. Okay, boys, and the final one for cap or no cap, a first-round pick is too much to give the St. Louis Blues for defenseman Vince Dunn, who is in trade rumors right now, cap or no cap case? Hmm, I'm going to say no cap. I think that he's showed his value when he when he was given a better opportunity in St. Louis. And, um, you know, he, he is really is a third or fourth defenseman on most teams in the league. Uh, and I think that, you know, that being said, he'd be a nice little fifth or sixth piece for a team that's uh, contending for the cup and that can give up that first round pick. You know, I, I don't see him going to a, a, a rebuilder because why would you be giving up a first round pick if you're rebuilding and, and going for Vince Dunn, but I think he's in the right age and the, uh, the right uh, skill set to be on one of these contenders and giving up a first round pick isn't crazy for him. Yeah. Harp, can you repeat the statement? Was it Vince Dunn is it would be too much to give a first round pick. You just repeat it. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so a first round pick would be too much to give the St. Louis Blues for Vince Dunn. Yeah, I'm going to say, let's see. Hmm. I'm going to say no. That's not that's not too much to give for Vince Dunn. And and I'm going to agree with Casey. I think you know he he's proven that he can be a quality defenseman. Um, to counter that, though, I will say. And going back to our previous episode, we talked a bit about this, how when you hold players out of the lineup, that asset sort of diminishes. I know he's been scratched and uh, that's because, you know, for the purposes of a trade. So we'll see how long this drags out. But I think right now, you know, it could be uh, it it could be worth it to to fork over a first round pick uh, for this player, because like we said, he's very serviceable in that four five or six spot, depending on what team. He certainly has proven the offensive capabilities, uh, 35 points in 2018-19. So a very good player in Vince Dunn, no question about it. And there we go, cap or no cap for the second straight episode. Once again, we will kick off with that uh, each episode. And uh, yeah, that was great. So we will move on to uh, the rest of the episode that we're going to have. And uh, we'll do three surprises. Although, Case, I know that you've got a few more. So uh, our biggest surprises. Uh, so far in the 2020-21 NHL season. And then we've got a special guest joining us a little later on in the episode as well. So, uh, Casey, why don't we start with you? A couple of your uh, big surprises from this season so far. Yeah, I I read the conversation a little poorly, and I thought that we were all picking uh, three nice surprises for this season. Uh, I did, too. It's okay. I I had a few in my head, and then uh, we decided it's just one each, and... uh, you know, I still want to mention a couple of them. My first one was Nikolai Ehlers, who has been fantastic for Winnipeg and a big reason why they're in that fourth spot right now. Uh, he's a guy I've always rooted for. and I kind of just like his style and how he plays. And uh, being a Danish guy, it's it's great to see him succeed. And he's got five goals and six assists in eight games in Winnipeg this season, leading that team in points up wow. ahead of uh, Mark Scheifele. And now he's going to probably be playing with Pierre-Luc Dubois. So a lot of big things ahead for Nikolai Ehlers. Uh, my second one is a nice little told you. Well, the Florida Panthers are off to a hot start. And I told the told the world that you got to expect a little more out of them because I think they're going to be good this year and they're 4-0-1 so far this season. So um, that being said, they are not playing Denis Sanko. So 
I just look like an idiot now, but <laughs> nice little start to the season for them. Another honorable mention is another told you so. Uh, it's going to be a lot of that this episode, by the way. And that's the Boston Bruins, where everyone is kind of counting them out, you know, missing a couple big pieces. Tori Krug, Zdeno Chara, young back end, uh, David Pasternak's hurt for the first chunk of the season. Well, they're getting it done anyways. And that's exactly what I said. Uh, I know I had to kind of make the argument to put them in a playoff spot in our rankings. And so far, they've proved that to be the correct choice. But finally, you know, when, a be- when is a better opportunity to pump your own tires than a nice surprises episode? <laughs> so I'm going to keep doing that. And I'm going to say, you know, I'll preface this by saying you guys never said this team's bad and you were willing to flop them when I talked about <clears throat> them. But I did have to convince you guys to put Washington in the second spot above the Islanders, who, frankly, we should have put way lower the way they've started this season. Mm-hmm. But the Washington Capitals, man, they've been an interesting team to start this season. And uh, first in that that difficult challenging east division and you know there's a couple things that we brought up on the rankings episode where we kind of said you know a lot of people are counting out their stars kind of saying that they're on the back end of their prime and and might be taking a step down well backstrom is on fire 13 points in nine games that was the first guy i wanted to bring up on that last episode and first time this episode tj sochi is playing better than he has in a long time to make up for some of the slack that's uh happened so far this season carlson 10 points in nine games not a huge surprise there uh and ovi still being ovi but you know we we talked about the depth next in that episode i re-listened to it to make sure i know what i was talking about and we we said you know the depth up and down uh, the forward core. And then they actually added some defensive depth this year. And while the the proof is in the pudding here, while Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Orlov, and Samsonov were out, the Washington Capitals went 3-0-1, beating Buffalo, the Islanders twice, and losing in a shootout to Buffalo as well. So without four of their stud core players, they were able to win. Obviously, this team is deep, and uh, you know, to add to the depth, Sherry's playing well. We mentioned that in the other episode. Harp got to see Spronger step up in an NHL role. Uh, Schultz has been great as that new addition on the back end. Brendan Dillon's back to playing Brendan Dillon style hockey. Uh, and last last point is that you know our only real question mark about this team has been answered in the play of Vitek Voj- uh, Vanacek. Sorry. Um, you know, starting out the season 5-0-2 with a 9-18 save percentage. Well, he's that backup goalie we are asking for and, and almost the starter because Samsonov has been put on the COVID uh, protocol list. So that's my big nice surprise so far this year is that the Washington Capitals still have it. And uh, I I don't look like a goof from the last episode. <laughs> yeah, dude, they have looked great. And like you just mentioned, it starts with Vitek Vanacek between the pipes. Like who thought that this guy would be the backup, let alone be the starting goaltender that he looks like he's projecting to be through five or six games or whatever. And, you know, who would have thought that missing all of those guys due to the COVID protocol list because they gathered in their hotel room and hung out, which makes no sense because they can gather on the bench and hang out. And Anyways, it's stupid. But So they had to miss some games. But who would have thought with all those players missing, um, and including their best goal scorer, the best goal scorer in the NHL, 
frankly, and their starting goaltender, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they would still be having a sick season so far. So like, yeah, Washington Capitals, hats off to them. They're by no means done. Their superstars stepped up when you needed them to. You mentioned Nick Backstrom, who's having an unbelievable start to the season. And uh, yeah, so uh, nice surprise indeed. And Harp, you know that your brother Emerson is got to be pretty pumped about his team uh, and their great start. So, oh yeah, no, and and he's as we're recording, he's playing NHL in front of me. I'm looking at him right now, and and uh, he's thrilled with the way the Caps have started off this season. No regulation losses yet, and especially that game against the Islanders the other night. They're down three zip against their former head coach, but they don't give up, score five unanswered, and then the empty netter to make it 6-3. And uh, yeah, just the depth and everything, it's really working for them. So nice to see the Caps off to a good start. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, Hart, um, do you have yeah. your big surprise of the season so far that you want to share? Well, well, I was going to go to you next, but uh, but I can go. Sure. sure. <laughs> all right. Okay. So I've just got one, uh, but Case, those were all very good. Uh, I've just got one big surprise. And this guy, I, I feel like when it comes to young forwards in the National Hockey League who have taken that next step, is not getting talked about as much as as he should you know we're talking about guys like Kirill Kaprizov obviously uh Jack Hughes another one who is uh so like looks like a different player this season for the New Jersey Devils but uh but Jordan Cairo is another one who is not getting talked about enough in my opinion guys 10 points five goals five assists and a plus three in eight games this season so far with the St. Louis Blues uh second round pick of theirs in 2016 we were kind of waiting to see when Cairo was going to get into the lineup and make an impact uh we heard that he was even uh, subject to trade rumors as well but man what an opportunity for him in the St. Louis lineup especially with a guy like Vlad Tarasenko out to start the season for a considerable amount of time he's playing in the top six on that second line with guys like Shen and Schwartz I've watched him a little bit I've seen St. Louis play a little bit this year man this guy is fast he's very skilled and he just looks dynamite out of the gate 10 points in eight games for jordan Cairo. what do we think of him for a big surprise boys well you know it's nice when questions that we ask in on the episodes you know are answered in the first eight games of the season it's awesome because i know that when we talked about st louis we were kind of saying who's gonna pick up for the scoring and like who's gonna fill in for tarasenko for another year and well so far we have our ants and jordan Cairo three point night yesterday like he he's looking like a stud for st louis and a couple a couple young guys on that team that i really like to watch and uh him and robert thomas so it's oh, yeah. uh it's it's really great for them that's for sure it's uh kind of that youthful injection that they needed in their lineup where they've kind of taken a step back after winning the cup yeah, yeah. That, dude, St. Louis, that's another team where, Casey, you mentioned taking a step back after they won the Cup. Well, they I, I believe they had the lowest Vegas odds of any team entering the following season uh, to win the Cup that year after having won the Cup the previous year, if that makes sense, if I explain that right. So, that made, that yeah, made sense. <laughs> yeah, so, and so everybody was like, you know, 
thinking, okay, St. Louis, you know, they, they won the cup. It was sort of a fairy tale story, you know, last place in January, then they win the cup and uh, the next season, they're not going to do much. Well, it, again, it seems like St. Louis has been another team that's sort of been counted out because there are some question marks about scoring. Well, look no further than Jordan Cairo stepping up and actually, you know, being able to supplant that and, and and put the puck in the net. That's exactly what they needed. They needed these young guys to step up. Uh, you mentioned Robert Thomas as well. So I'm like over the moon. Now I will say, I think there are still some question marks with this team. Um, one in goaltending, but I think, uh, I think right now, you know, it looks pretty good. And as long as they can keep scoring their way uh, out of their troubles, I think they should project to be in in the playoffs there in the top three spots as we projected them to be. Yeah, well, that's good because we solidified that yeah. in the top three. So we, did. <laughs> we said there are three teams in this division who will make the playoffs and then everybody else is a free for all. So, yeah. yeah. All right, Chad, let's get your uh, your big surprise or surprises, if you have a couple, like Case, uh, for so far this season. So let's hear them. Yeah, my biggest surprise is, of course, with my Toronto Maple Leafs, and that's why I'm wearing my jersey uh, this episode. And I, I just, I couldn't not talk about the Leafs for this episode as my biggest surprise. Um, the surprise is, well, it's kind of a two-parter, but the first part is the Maple Leafs team defense overall but then more specifically, the emergence of Justin Hall, as we alluded to earlier. So I, I just wanted to, to rhyme off a few things about Justin Hall because I've been so impressed this season so far. So 11 years ago, dating back 2010, Justin Hall was drafted in the second round, 54th overall by the Chicago Blackhawks. So immediately, there, were, there was a lot of hype about Justin Hall, you know, as much hype as a second round pick would get. But right after that, immediately, he booked it to the NCAA and played four full years in Minnesota and kind of became an afterthought for that Chicago franchise. So they moved on from Justin Hall. Then the Leafs pick him up. He plays a year in the ECHL, had really good stats there, played parts of four seasons in the American League. And then in 2018-19, he made the Leafs out of camp. So Leaf fans, me included, were thinking to ourselves, okay, what do we have in this player? He's been a good prospect for a long time. He's a little bit older um, than some of our you know, newer, younger, more shinier prospects. Like at that time, it was Timothy Liljegren, um, who was the defensive, right-handed defensive prospect on the back end. So a little older, you know, not as shiny as the new guys, but we we're, okay, what do we have in this guy? Well, he plays his first game in the NHL. He scores a goal. So right away, fans are pumped. Mike Babcock proceeds to scratch Justin Hall 71 times that season. He only played 11 games in his quote-unquote rookie year. I don't even know if he was eligible. I think he was like 27 or something, 26. Okay, so fast forward now to last season. And he played a full year, and he played alongside the new look Leafs defenseman, uh, Jake Muzzin. And he had a pretty good year, but there were still some question marks. And I will admit, I was one of those, you know, fans or, or pundits or whatever you want to call it, who was questioning whether or not Justin Hall belongs in the top four on a good NHL team. Well, I shut myself up really quick because he belongs there um, after watching him this season through 
10 games now. And he looks like he would be a solid top four defenseman on any team in the NHL, even some really good ones. He has been fantastic this year. So right now, he has been the Leafs' best defenseman. And you can argue that maybe it's Morgan Riley because I think Riley has more points than him or, you know, that Riley looks more dangerous offensively or quarterbacks a power play, whatever you can argue that. But at least in terms of defense, he has been their best defender on the team and it's not even close. It's not his partner, Jake Muzzin. He's not getting carried by this pair or on this pair. He is carrying the pair. So it's Jake Muzzin and Justin Hall who have looked really good this season. So just a few more well, stats before you guys jump in because I, I know you want to. So I, I just want to say that he's fourth in ice time right now, only behind Morgan Riley, Mitch Marner, and Austin Matthews. He's third on the team in Corsi 4, meaning that when he's out there, the team's controlling his stats about 55% of the offensive chances. He has five points in 10 games. He's fifth in the NHL right now for on-ice expected goals, and he has about a 60-40 defense-offense split for zone time starts, or for zone starts. So he starts in the defensive zone, and he's carrying the play this much. So he's had a really fantastic start to the season, been very surprising for me, and uh, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that. Well, Chad, I know that we've kind of had this discussion before, um, whether that was playing EASHL or or if we were just chatting before an episode or something. But I had previously said that I thought that he was the second best defender on the team in general, just watching him last season and then watching him at the start of this season. And those stats that you just brought up kind of uh, prove exactly what I was saying in that last discussion is that, you know, I think he's the second best defender on this team because he's so well-rounded in that, you know, Muzzin might be better defensively as a defensive defenseman and or, uh, Morgan Riley might be better offensively, but as a well-rounded defenseman, I think that, you know, Hall is exactly what you want where he, he is just so confident with the puck and so good at with the breakout pass and, and then, you know, slot passes and getting the puck to the net or around the perimeter to get it to the net, like first, second passes. He's just such a great guy with the puck, so comfortable constantly. And you can kind of tell it um, just by, you know, the way he holds himself while, while he skates, like body language and everything. And um, yeah, those stats where, you know, start in the defensive zone, but then offensive contribu- uh, contribution, you know, that just proves that he's great in transition and gets the puck moving down the ice. So I'm a big Hall fan. Uh, one of the three players on the Leafs I like. So um, <laughs> Mitch Marner I'm, I'm, is I'm, number I'm all, one. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm all about this, uh, this nice surprise. So thanks for that, Chad. No, I, I love it. And this is a guy that you root for, right? Like it took him a while. He's worked hard. He spent a lot of years developing and, you know, he was doubted by so many and, and here he is. And I agree. He is just a very well-rounded defenseman on this Leafs team. He's a guy that's come in that they have uh, they have worked with internally and uh, it's just great to see the emergence of a guy like this so yeah I, that's great uh, you know Justin Hall is a big surprise for the Leafs this season for sure when yeah it's a nice story and and you know it, it's always nice to hear when you have a big hole in your team that a team finds that replacement within their organization and you really don't expect that with the Leafs you know they have the money they've gone out and got free agent players because they actually can attract people to come or guys to come play for their team so you always expect that they'd always look in the market to replace their holes but they found a guy within who's uh 
put in the hours and it, it's a great story and great payout. Yeah, sure is. I think there's been a lot of emphasis on that too, especially since um, Kyle Dubas has taken over the the GM role of you know building your team from within. I think we've got a lot of good draft picks. We'll be able to do that with now, and it's even paying dividends right now with guys like you know Pierre Engvall and Adam Brooks even getting into the lineup as well, and guys like that. So um, I will say when, and I just want to return to this something I mentioned earlier when talking about the top four for this team, the top four defense, I was guilty, you know, going into this season of thinking, okay, I like Hall as a third pairing option, but who's it going to be? Is it going to be Travis Dermott? Is it going to be Miko Lettinen? Is it going to be someone else who slides into that, you know, to that second line or that second pairing right shot? Well, I mean, we don't have that question anymore, but the new question that we do have in Toronto is, who do you protect in the expansion draft? Because that is looming over our heads. And that's something that, you know, the Maple Leafs organization is going to have to make a tough decision on going forward. So you're protecting Morgan Riley for sure. You would think you're protecting TJ Brody and Jake Muzzin. Do you also protect Hall that leaves both Lettinen and Dermot exposed? Or do you protect more forwards? Like it's all, it's it's going to be a tough decision and, you know, it makes me nervous thinking about it. But, you know, you can't think about those things. You just have to be grateful that, you know, he's playing so well and uh, he's doing that right now. Yeah, of course. All right. Well, good stuff, boys. So cap or no cap to kick off the episode and then our three biggest surprises in this 2020-21 NHL season so far. Chad, why don't you tee up our special guests that we're going to have coming up next? Absolutely. So now we will be joined by a good friend of, of, of mine and Casey's. We played uh, minor hockey, double A with him for the Rito St. Lawrence Kings, Cole Chapman. He works for True Hockey, that new brand that's taking the NHL by storm. And uh, yeah, we've got some great questions to ask him, specifically about the merger between True and Lefebvre goaltending. So we'll send it to that interview right now, and we hope you guys enjoy. You're listening to Boys in the Booth, a local hockey podcast. All right, now the boys in the booth are very uh, proud to announce that we have a special guest, and it's Cole Chapman. Uh, as I alluded to before, you know, Cole uh, played hockey with Casey and myself in, in AA for the Rito St. Lawrence Kings, and uh, he's been a great buddy for a long time. And now he's working in marketing for that new company, True, that is taking the NHL by storm. Uh, with player stuff and goalie stuff, I'm interested, obviously, in the uh, in the goalie side of things. So I'll have a bunch of questions about that. But uh, Cole, man, how are you doing? What's going on? Good, Chad. Thanks for the intro. Uh, I think you left out a few things that I was uh, a liability on defense for you, and then I was on season line when I got moved up. So uh, I, Casey probably was like pissed when i got moved to forward you were probably pumped about it and kept switching back and forth but we had some weird chemistry and we started clicking and getting some goals oh yeah the gray line we were on fire there when we got you know going 10th forward and 7th d all good (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, that's awesome. It's definitely been a while. And uh, oh, my God, we had some good times back in the day, you know, play, playing hockey in the hotel rooms and stuff. And I can think of one in particular that I won't bring up. But uh, yeah, good times. You're certainly a liability uh, on the back end. So yeah, that's that's fully true uh, for sure. And uh, speaking of true, let's let's hop right into it, man. I want to uh, I wanted to ask you how you got into marketing for true and sort of what this has all been like overall. Yeah, so it's been a very interesting year, obviously, as everybody knows. But uh, I actually right out of college, I was I went to school in the States. I was playing lacrosse down there and I got um, like an internship with the professional lacrosse league. And I, not a lot of people know this, but True is actually like a huge golf company. So they have uh, True Temper Golf, which they've been making like golf shafts for 110 years. Like pretty much every golf club is True. Um, and so then like five years ago, True started uh, hockey and lacrosse or seven years ago. And so when I was doing an internship in the States for lacrosse, there was kind of a connection with True. Um, so I got to know a few guys and then I moved back to Ottawa, uh, when that was all done I was like, oh, well, that was fun. Then a couple months later, I was like cruising LinkedIn. I saw something about true hockey here in Ottawa, a marketing position. So I fired uh, a couple of emails to some connections I had at true lacrosse and turns out, you know, they, uh, got me an interview and kind of the rest is history, but yeah, it's been an interesting year. So I'm the marketing coordinator for North America. Um, so our marketing department for True Hockey, surprisingly, is pretty small. There's only a couple of us, but uh, it's been really exciting. Um, obviously, a little different when I haven't been able to travel and get out. And uh, we're we're headquartered in Memphis, so I've been stuck here in Ottawa. I haven't been able to get down and meet a lot of the team, but we do a lot of stuff virtually and. I was on set in October with a few guys. So, um, but yeah, other than that, it's been pretty fun. And uh, yeah, here we are. Uh, Cole, what exactly does your job entail? Like, do you do a lot of social media marketing or, or, or what's going on? Yeah, so we have a, an agency that does like all our assets and social media. And so I kind of connect with them on a lot of stuff and, and direct them on social media, but I don't actually do any of that. Um, I'm actually in charge of our ambassador program. So we have about a hundred coaches across North America that are true coaches and they run like, you know, they're surprisingly, it's not your Ted Rigby's of the world that are, uh, or your Scott pickups. Uh, <laughs> they're running the, the clinics and stuff and the, the big camps and stuff all summer. Um, so I work with them to get them all set up and they're kind of brand ambassadors. And then outside of that, uh, some of the bigger picture stuff with help on uh, like video shoots and content shoots and my boss, uh, I'm the only one on his team, but he kind of does everything from like retail marketing to pro marketing. So one day I could be writing a press release for Lefebvre or, you know, Freddie Anderson signing, or I could be, uh, you know, working on a new stick rack that's going in pro hockey life. So kind of a little bit of everything just depends on the day and depends on the fire that we're fighting that day. 
That's awesome, man. Um, you, you mentioned Lefebvre, and that was something, obviously, being a goalie that I was super interested in. And you actually broke the news to us a little bit before uh, the, the merger was public, just be, just being the you know good friend you are and, and thought that inside information would be, would be cool to share. So um, it, it definitely was. And Lefebvre, as we know, or as you know most people in the in the goalie world know i guess a lot of our listeners might not but lafave is a company that is uh that operates out of montreal it's a family owned company and they've been around for uh, quite a while now but they've been supplying high quality goalie gear to nhl goalies for about 30 years now they had contracts with uh reebok and then ccm and now they're partnered with true so i was wondering if you could tell me like you know to the extent of your knowledge how all of this sort of came together how the partnership with with lafave came about and uh yeah some of the some of the cool things that you've seen happen through that partnership yeah i am gonna have to correct you on one thing okay. um my boss is always uh, quick to tell me that we bought them it is not a partnership okay it's an acquisition so uh ccm and reebok did partner with them but uh their contract broke uh, i'm sure you heard the news like last year is kind of a little bit of a messy falling out and so uh like i said with our golf company we we have like even though we're a smaller company we have um, a bigger backing so we came out and bought them and yeah so they were keeping them in montreal and they're like as you've seen they're kind of like cranking out pads crazy fast and uh one of the cool things that we didn't even really you know know was going to be the retention rate on goalies and chad you can probably speak to this better than anyone else but like goalie equipment is you know it doesn't matter if it says reebok or true it, it if it feels the same so um it just speaks so highly to the lefebvre brand and what they've been able to do and so we're excited to kind of partner with them and take them to the next step and they've never i mean ccm had their licensing fees but they were very much uh, a partner for CCM and we're, we're kind of excited to take what they've been, you know, working on since 1967 when they started in their basement to, uh, to the next level. So yeah, it's been really cool. We uh, immediately went out and signed Freddie Anderson and Connor Hellebuck. We had already partnered with Helly on sticks and skates. And so, and we have a few more goalies, uh, a couple in the red, white, and blue that are, uh, we're working on and I think we're pretty close on um and then there's a lot more goalies in our pads but we don't have partnerships with them right now so yeah you have to think that that uh that falling out and how it happened you know that's good in two ways not only because you're able to acquire that big brand but also the way it happened it was kind of uh for, for a guy like me who doesn't really pay attention to goalie equipment that often you know you really notice by seeing all these goalies with their blank pads and like no logos or anything like that, you really started to realize how many Lefebvre, uh, um, like how many goalies wear their equipment. So right there, it already gets it in your mind. And then you hear that true acquired them while boom, now, you know, that true has this huge brand and like almost every goalie in the league now, like, uh, watching the devils today, both goalies, uh, Eric Comrie and Scott Wedgwood wearing true for the devils. So I think that, you know, worked out very well for you guys <laughs> it's been it's been good so far and we're uh we're working on a retail product and so come april 1st you'll finally be able to consumers can buy uh retail gear um so yeah it's exciting there's a lot of stuff ahead and and uh, like you said casey like 
it was crazy in the playoffs. Like Freddie Anderson, middle of the playoffs, switched, which is just like unheard of from a goalie. So, yeah. um, but there are some pretty interesting stories of the product that uh, CCM was pulling out of China. They they kind of thought, you know, we'll just take whatever we've been doing with Lafave for the last twenty years and move it to a factory in China. Well. Bobrovsky's pad showed up and they're an inch and a half shorter than they used to be and like, you can just imagine the ball control this way down it doesn't really fly with the regular Joe and it's definitely not going to fly with uh, Carey Price or Bobrovsky or... oh is that what happened to Bobrovsky jeez <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's why yeah. that's why, can't fucking... that's yeah, why his five is so big that's why the con. That's why the contract in Florida hasn't worked out yet. <laughs> I actually. Uh, so I, I strapped on the pads the other day um, out on the the outdoor rink at at a buddy of ours, and uh, you know I got some questions. Actually, Harper's brother was there, and he was asking about True and about Lafave and all of that because my pads are Reebok logo, but they were made in Canada by Lefebvre. They have the Lefebvre logo on them and everything. And I straight up told him, man, like nothing beats made in Canada. Like it's just, there's nothing close to that. So I think it's so crazy that you guys bought the company and going forward, already being a leader in in a lot of the, the player equipment, like sticks, I know you guys are huge on that, but now moving into, and skates as well, and now moving into the goalie field, like I think you guys are, are slowly but surely capturing this market uh, in a really good way. So um, I had a question just going, going back to, uh, you know, talking about partnerships and stuff. Do you have anything to do with that? Like, how does how does it work, like reaching out to these pros and like signing these partnership deals and, and, and things like that? Yeah, so we have uh, an elite services team, they're called. Um, and so they're they're kind of broken up by region, and, and we're a lot smaller than our competitors. But uh, so we have them basically split up. Well, right now it's split up by Canada and U.S., but that's only because of the border being closed. But typically, like, kind of take, like, a division or a, a certain circuit of teams that you'd be able to see coming in your area more frequently. Um, and they're responsible for servicing all those players on all the teams and basically they kind of set out with uh, a few targets in mind and when you get a get a chance to sample a guy you know when his contract's up with a competitor you can get some you grab an old stick go get it made for him to the same specs and the next time you're in the room you know you're getting a skate scanned and fitted and you have all that stuff on file and it's kind of like a you know, it's a long relationship they have to build with these guys. And, you know, just to get a guy to sample is tricky enough. And then to get the guy to say, oh, yeah, I like that. Or I'm willing to dial it in, you know, do this and make this change. So, um, but, yeah, we have a tremendous uh, lead services team. We actually just got uh, Scott Walker on our team, who was 42 years with Bauer, which is so wow. insane. He just got up and left. Uh, wow. So he was doing the same thing over at Bauer for 42 years. And you can imagine the stories this guy's got. So, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, it is a different side of the business. And, like, you know, they have to work so hard on dialing in the littlest things. And uh, there's, there's things about equipment and, like, playing hockey as long as, like, I did. I didn't even know that, you know, that – the holder on your or like the rivets holding on your holder on your skate will make a difference and these, these guys feel and footbeds and steel and then that's just you know trying to get a guy to say yes to the skates so it, it's a fun game but then 
once they kind of get them signed, they pass them over to our team and uh, we'll use them at content shoots and use them for different stuff, whether it be, you know, interviews or uh, catalogs or new content going out on social media, marketing campaigns. Nice. Excellent. Yeah. Talking about guys noticing, you know, rivets in their skates and stuff and and them noticing and you not. Dude, they're on the ice. You were on the bench. No wonder they're they're noticing this kind of stuff. But but, uh, no, talking about like guys demoing gear and stuff. And, uh, you know, you mentioned a certain goaltender in uh, blue, red and white that, you know, maybe you guys are you're trying to secure here. Well, I've seen that goaltender. I think I'm thinking of the same one that uh, that you mentioned there. And I won't say any names, but he's been in Trues. He's tried them out. He's been in uh, Bowers. He's been in Vaughn's in the past CCM for the longest time with Lefebvre trying out some Brian's pads this year. So like, God, that must be so hard for you guys to go through that process to be like, you know, please like, like trust us, this gear is fantastic. (laughs) Like, you know, to to get a guy to stick all the different, how do you know all the different pads Caden Primo's worn? That's so weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah, actually, Charlie Lindgren, that's uh, who I was talking about oh. there. <laughs> yeah, and actually, another question too, chap. Is that a uh, that true stick on your wall there? Is that a 26-inch paddle? Uh, I was in the market for, for one of those. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know, but there's a couple in the basement. I'll, I'll go measure one for you and let you know. <laughs> That'd be great. I'll tell you that uh, the next guy you need to sign is uh, another former player of ours. It's the first time I ever used a true stick, and that's Cascanetti playing lug or uh, yeah, lug hockey with me. He, he skates up. He's like, "Hey, I got a new stick. It's true. I've never used one before. I want to test it out and let me take a couple shots." And that's really the first time I ever held one. So, were you able to get the puck off the ice? Well, no, I, I put it in the mesh. Immediately, not only you had stick out, so you were dumping it in, eh? Yeah. See how hard he yeah, exactly. I want to see how many other guys' sticks I could break going in and slashing with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, chap, I just wanted to ask, like, uh, what? it's been such a meteoric rise for, for True. What separates True from other big hockey brands like the Bowers and the CCMs, uh, ones that we've already mentioned here? What separates True from brands like that? Yeah, in my uh, short time being here, like, uh, I definitely noticed, you know, the attention to detail and, and our uh, our willingness and, like, um, you know, we really work with athletes to dial stuff in and, and keeping stuff in Canada. All our skates are made right in Winnipeg. Our, I'm sorry, all our custom skates are made in Winnipeg. Our pads are staying in Montreal. So, like, CCM has, like quickly you know try to jump ship and move pads to china and you can just imagine how that stuff goes down with players and goalies so player relationships is really a big piece of it you know if you can deliver on time and set those expectations and you know it's going to be four weeks for your stick but if you communicate that with the guy and you build that relationship and rapport and and we basically try to you know we don't want to be the bower of the ccm that gets too big for those uh commitments and those relationships so um, as we grow, we're really focusing on, you know, being able to, to serve the, serve the needs of the guys and, um, yeah, keep the, keep the company feeling small, even when we get bigger. 
Yeah, yeah, you have to think that when you talk about like quality and attention to detail. Well, you said you didn't realize all the little things with like rivets and skates and and small stuff like that with hockey. Well, you have to think in other sports that correct me if I'm wrong. True is prevalent in in like speed skating and like you mentioned golf, where that attention to detail and that equipment, it's literally everything in those sports. Like it, it's so much yeah, so- of that, that player's technicality and everything. It's interesting you mentioned speed skating because Scott Van Horn is the the brains behind our, our skate. We actually purchased VH skates in 2016 and um, he, he made Olympic, like he started in his garage, was like, I can make a better skate than anybody else out there. And he went and got his like biomechanics degree and the guy's an absolute wizard and his whole thing is performance and he works tirelessly to make better products than everybody else. And there's just like a passion to be better. And the guys made like Olympic speed skates. You know, we're the number one custom skate in the NHL now. Goalie skates is like very prevalent, 80%, I think, of starting goalies. So there's just a, a real passion to be better than the next guy. And that's really it. The attention to detail you, you said at their case. Yeah. Well, my mom's side of the family's Dutch. And that's pretty much the only gold medal we can win is speed skating. So <laughs> I'm always paying attention to that. <laughs> Yeah, really. Uh, I I had one more question, and then that's it for me. I don't know if you guys have any more, but uh, Cole, my my last question was: you, you just mentioned, you know, you th- you think it's around eighty percent of of uh, starting goaltenders wearing your cowlingless skate. I will add, so that's that's a cool innovation with no cowlings. But uh, uh, my question was: do you know the percentage of goaltenders in the NHL who are currently wearing the true pads? Because I like. I thought I heard it was 60%. I think it's somewhere like that, but I mean, regardless, like it, I know it's a super high number. Yeah. So I actually just pulled up the product list as we were uh, talking and there's uh 38 sets of, of pads on starting goalies. So there's like 41% of starting goalies are head to toe and true. And then um, I think it's around 44. If you start counting um, backups and in, in the system, it's a little, it's kind of hard to tell because when we started taking these numbers, there's, you know, there's six, five, six goalies in some of these systems. So it's around 45%, 41% of starters is the number that I heard most recently. So that's unreal. Which is not bad for uh, buying a goalie company, you know, four months ago. So yeah. hopefully it goes up from here. <laughs> yeah. And you have to think too, uh, like something else there. I know there are still a few goalies in the National Hockey League who are wearing like unbranded. Lefave pads because they no longer like are you know able to display the Lefave logo like I'm trying to think I, I remember seeing it might have been um, what's his name in Philadelphia not Hart but uh, Elliot it might have been Elliot who was wearing the unbranded ones yeah. so yeah I actually just uh, I was just doing a little article for Elliot the other day and he's uh, I, I called the goalie rep I was like he's still got unbranded but because his his new pads haven't come in because we just you know bought the company and turned in started putting true logos and they haven't been able to get them door out the door yet we're like you can wear whatever you want he's like no no i want to wear these unbranded ones from the bubble so he's got old pads that are still from the bubble that he's he's willing to rock so (laughs) that's cool (laughs) that's awesome yeah uh Chappie, tell us about the uh, the new Project X stick that's coming out on uh, on February fifth. Uh, that's really exciting for True. Yeah, we uh, we're super excited, and um, it, it's making waves around the NHL. So 
it's it's been our most prevalent stick in in the uh, elite level. So it's 355 grams, which is the lightest stick ever made so far on the market. Comes in about uh, 10 grams lighter than than the old Bauer ADV. So it, it's uh, it's super impressive. You know, the two times that I got to use it on the pond, it, it really helped my game, elevated me into a you know an elite shooter that I am, as as Casey and Chad know. So <laughs> it's a pretty incredible stick, and uh, at 355 grams, it's it's wicked light. You don't even know you have it. Yeah, that was a big thing I noticed right when on. Chad passed me his stick over. I was like, holy, this thing is light. Like, when you're a guy who's used to using $100 sticks, it's uh, pretty mind-blowing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Okay, boys, so do we have any other questions here for, for our guest, Cole? No, I uh, don't have any questions. Definitely want to say thanks for coming on. I, You know, we haven't seen each other in a long time, and a, yeah. a lot to do with that is you going down to uh, Houghton College, right, in the States. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's an unfortunate thing, but sounds like it's worked out for you. So good to see you again. Yeah, and- boys, it's good catching up. And I, w- I do need to say, like, when it comes Pepsi Cup time, I'm going to – you guys need to give me a call for that title sponsor position. So I think mm. Pepsi's had the naming rights for a while that uh, – <laughs> I'd like at least a bidding war on it. So (laughs) that'd be awesome. We're we're open to uh, some podcast sponsorships here too, chaps. So uh, just give me a ring. Actually, I should plug that. Uh, We, I just did a deal. You guys remember Lindsay Eastwood who used to play on Canada? Yeah. 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 So she's got a podcast in Toronto. Now she's a true pro. And I was, uh, I did a lot of that, that contract with her. And I was telling her that we have a podcast here the boys in the booth and i think you know we need to link up those two podcasts and do a collab get her on yours and you guys can go on her podcast that'd be unreal sure thanks for that would be unreal yeah no thanks chap for sure and i was just gonna plug in the website you know for our listeners you can visit uh, true-hockey.com if you're interested in any of the great products that true has so uh cole thanks for coming on man thank you very much boys we'll catch up soon Absolutely. Cheers. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.